In this episode of the Do Live Audio Experience, we bring in Todd Franco, the founder of The Greatest Golfer. He's not the greatest golfer, but his event has showcased over thousands of people having a huge economic impact on the Youngstown region. See how this golf event has become one of the premier events in all of our region. In addition to that, we've got John Argero from A1 Concrete and Don Dragish, the new the newly elected mayor of Canfield, Ohio. We're talking NFL playoffs, golf, a little bit of coffee, and all sorts of fun things. Please give it a listen. There's some good lessons that are going to be learned in episode number two of season six of the Do You Live audio experience. Countdown begins. There's actually no countdown on this show. It's like the Penn State of live podcasts, where if you've noticed now on the internet, like people are doing live podcasts and like music starts and dun dun, and there's trailer videos in. Mm-hmm. There's none of that here. We just turn it on. Just, our uniforms are playing. There's no names on the back of the jerseys. We just kind of go after it. Anyway, everybody, welcome to Do Live Marketing Show. My name is Dennis Schrodi, and I am honored. I can't believe it after the season six, episode two, it's taken that long to get Mr. Todd Franco in his inaugural appearance. It's not the first time that we've actually been in a live podcast together, but it's the first time on the Do You Live Marketing Show of The Greatest Golfer and any other things that you've got going on. Well, I've only been walking laps around the building all these times waiting for you to acknowledge me, so thanks <laughs> so, for finally like, letting me in. That's, that's right. It's a very exclusive club. We're going to set... The bar very low today, by the way. So if you're watching, share, pull up a cup of coffee. We're live at Stone Fruit Coffee. Today's episode is brought to you by Lift Marketing. Uh, we also have on the show from A1 Concrete, John Argero, also known as the owner of the Garage Mahal. Yep. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, he's been a long time, uh, long time listener. First time. First time caller as well. So we've got a couple newbies. And then back on the show, the new, he he just used to go by Don Dragish Marketing, but now <laughs> goes by the mayor. The, the mayor, mayor, the newly elected mayor of Canfield, Ohio. Yes. He had a line out the door yesterday. The Elks were there and some old ladies with some cat <sighs> issues. And then and then, then he's turned into the civic stuff. And No, I'm just kidding. Our good friend Don Dragish. Is king the king of Canfield is here? Oh boy! Oh boy! Wow. You know we were. Well, thank you for having me. I don't wear a blazer instead of a, a quick vest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a full agenda today. We were going to talk a little NFL football, some golf, um, barbecue a segment that's sponsored by Cooking with Crows, Crows Cabinets, and then get in some other stuff. However, like. I have a funny feeling that things could come off the rails at just about any time and would just end up going just about any direction. You you applied the word epic to this gathering. I think that's uh, yeah, going epic paths. Uh, it's a brave word to apply to, to us three amigos. Well, we were getting a coffee education before we came <laughs> in here about light roast and dark roast coffees so, and, and me burning my sensitive palate on, on a uh, another coffee purveyor's coffee in town here. Um, you guys, what do you got? Dark roast, light roast. What are you on today? I think we go in order: dark, medium, light. Yeah, I like the dark. I, I went medium. 
Did you? Meaning. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't know who's what their meaning of light and dark is. So I just went right in the middle. But, so, but, but apparently, but apparently light roast has less caf or more caffeine than dark roast. Hmm. All I know is that when COVID kicked in and we all started camping out the house a little more. I became a stone fruit snob, so it's kind of funny to be here knowing that. I, would, I mean, it's five five bags for thirty bucks in the French press and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Black Monday Rust Belt variety, and then Frankenstein Frankenstein blend is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Stone fruit. I didn't get that today. They didn't offer it to me. Don't be fooled by the amount of testosterone in this room right now. There's there are some very uh, finicky coffee drinkers. We've got. Oh, yeah. We're throwing terms around like French press. I think um, there's two French, French pressers. French press is the way to go. That that's, is the, that's the only way to go. It's the it's, it's great. Doing, yeah. I, I remember first time going to a back in my previous life uh, four years ago. I had a downtown coffee shop, and they had the submersive press. Oh was, yes, the, the, the drip. The drip. Yeah, and I, I remember. I remember paying for my coffee standing there. Like, like, like it's a, like it's a quick coffee shop. Where's my coffee? I pay for coffee. Where's my coffee? It takes about half He's hour. He's like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Like, what the hell? So, okay. then, I, then I became, yeah, I think a pour over when they do a pour over, they uh, they uh, put the water at a certain temperature where it's <clears> most <throat> ideal, yeah. then pour it over the beans. And, and the idea is to pour it real slow Correct. to get the yeah. proper flavor. So I have uh, four bags of stone fruit sitting in, in the Franco castle right now. Quite a science behind it. Yeah. So we wanted to talk. We Actually, here's how this whole conversation started today. So um, John, uh, friend, friend, family, let's just be completely honest here. Yeah, I was gonna my brother-in-law. Yeah, uh, he's my brother If you didn't acknowledge family, I was, I was squealing. My favorite brother-in-law. So just s- don't tell the other one that he's my favorite brother-in-law. Franco, so at, at least today. Uh over the weekend, watching NFL football and post, it's all rigged. It's WWE and dressed up as NFL football. Do you believe in conspiracy theories? Are you out hunting Bigfoot, looking at UFOs, Area 51? No. Are you that guy? Rigged. He's, he's, he's you said the NFL's rigged. rigged. No. I don't want to say it's rigged. Come on. Don't back well, off that statement. You're, you're marketing guys. I mean – Things happen in, the, in in their favor. Yeah, but it's, it's so it's so quick in real time to think that you can even rig something that happens as quick and wasn't right. a holding, wasn't interference and stuff. I, mean, it's so I think you have to go back to Super Bowl. Is it three? Is it when Joe Namath predicted that they would win the Super Bowl? That, that's when the fix started, and that's when the first acknowledgement of the fix was in in NFL football, yeah, like yeah. Baltimore. Uh, New York Jets. If you've been no if, chance. If you've been living such a hard life since that moment, I feel I'm, I feel bad for your last forty five years of life. <laughs> well, it is somewhat it is somewhat coincidental that on Sunday night when I went to bed, I'm thinking to myself, my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers and mm. Ben Roethlisberger's farewell tour. Right, he's given the Queen's wave. Somehow or other, that game ends in a tie. And and the Steelers don't get in. So I go to bed, tuck myself in, knowing that I'm waking up the next morning. You didn't know. That the Steelers were in the playoffs. And then I almost crapped myself when I saw the game oh, went. went into yeah, overtime. Went. Great game. Could have ended in a kneel. Both teams get in, and they end up scoring a touchdown. There's a eerie it was, it was, it was pretty, storyline to that. It was crazy. Like, it was crazy. Like, that, that's what's, question, in the that's headset. what's questionable about it because – 
you know, the Colts lose. They lose to a two and fourteen team. <laughs> no, but they personal they connection. They figure out how to play football at the end of the season. So, right? so I, I, I'm going to give myself credit for help on that win. Right. So Ross Matisic is the long snapper for the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars. He was born in Poland, Ohio. Left here at, <laughs> at at four, five, six years old. They moved down to McKinney, Texas. Him and his three old, uh, other brothers have played Division One football at Baylor and TCU. He ends up as the long snapper at with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He on on the my cleats my cause. Uh, he wears spikes for Christopher, my nephew who's autistic, and the Rich Center. Oh, nice, nice. Great connection. All my nephews know know him. I text him and said, "Hey, we're all the biggest Jaguar fans in the world. We're rooting for you. Bring one home." And I think that motivation right there. He went out the long snapper, and he and and they brought him home. Um. So that's number two. Number three, you got to go back a week earlier. Browns are playing the Steelers. Who's the only person that can stop Nick Chubb? No, I don't watch the game that closely. Stefanski. They stopped giving him the ball. Yeah, yeah. What do you have? Eight or nine rushes. Yeah. Um, And then you go. Then you fast forward to the Ravens game. Again, Harbaugh is the only one that stopped the running back. They took him out. He was killing the Steelers. Absolutely murdering the Steelers. Right, exactly. I mean, I, you know, I think they they tried to create their own storyline by you know putting the team that they want to be in there. And this year it's the Steelers because of Ben's retirement, the farewell tour. Yeah, it could be. I mean, like you know, it ha- it happened with. Uh, I'm not saying it was fixed when uh, Jerome Bennis was there, but they, they had his farewell tour when he went to the Super Bowl, right? But he wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't the theory. Huh? It wasn't the uh, the Jerome Bennis we knew, though. You know what I mean? He, you know, they handed him a ball and you know opened the opened the hole and he ran in and everybody's happy. Jerome scored a touchdown. <laughs> now he can retire. So uh, I'm just saying, don't be surprised if the Steelers beat the Kansas City Chiefs this week. You guys are working real hard to find those kind of theories and suppositions out there about what could happen. And plus, I think I think Pittsburgh, uh, you know, you could go anywhere in the country and find a Pittsburgh fan. Well, that's because how wonderful it is to live in in our area of the world where we right. haven't seen the sun in in months. And it is, trying to creep it, out into and we're marketing, and it's just you know. Which by the way, thanks for this share. I feel I feel blessed to have this view. <laughs> you guys are staring at, at some crazy guys in here. I get to Nick Nolfi drops by, says the NFL and barbecue can be summed up with the Kansas City Chiefs. And Nick should stick around because we're gonna talk a little barbecue a little later in the show. Right. All right. We'll sit back, we'll watch a little football this weekend. Let's place a friendly gentlemanly wager. Actually, you know what? It's legal. How legalize it? We're just waiting yeah. for them to flip the switch. Uh, great, great coverage this morning on CBS. CBS had a good segment about the uh, the uh, mobile betting and, and the craziness of it. Well, what's interesting is in New York, they legalized it. And it's funny that every just about every major app except Barstool jumped on it. Um, I think the reason why Barstool's didn't is not playing in the New York uh, sports betting. It's a 51% tax <coughs> back to the state of New York. So, so think about how lucrative that is. I, I forget what the B number is, but it's, it's like 10, 20 bill or something like yeah. billion to the 
betting. Um, yeah, crazy amounts. You're a Bills fan. Yeah, so it's going to be one of the coldest games. Not not played in Lambeau Field. It's probably the stat that will come out after Saturday night. But yeah, I think the uh, game time temperature is going to be 7 degrees. All right. And when that wind gets howling off Lake Erie. So, yeah, Bills and Patriots. We got Bills, prime and, time. We got Bills and Patriots prime time. <laughs> Bills are minus four. All right, what do you got? Oh, um, I'm hopeful it's the Bills. Um, all season long, you know, uh, one team would show up on one Sunday, and then next week you get another Bills. But I think uh, first week of the playoffs, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable. After this week, anything's up. Mr. Conspiracy Theory, who you got? I got the Bills. Oops, sorry. The, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> I'll say you got to go with the Bills, too, to be clearly, completely honest with you. Clearly, when you become mayor, you have to have theme music to it. Theme no, sorry. I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to do about three things at the same time. Let me get theme music. Once we get rolling, we're good. All right, so up until that unanimous decision, I was going Bills. Yeah. But now I got to go the opposite. I'm going to go with the Belichick factor and uh, overcoming the Bills Mafia. I'm going to go Patriots plus four. I'm um, – Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that a, a Bama quarterback has never played in four degrees. Four-degree temperatures in Orchard Park are going to be tough for, for the boy. All right. He's a good dude. I love him, but he's not going to do well in four degrees. Number two, uh, we'll just go because I'm a huge Steelers fan. The Browns aren't in it. The Cowboys actually are in it. You're, you're a secondary. Guy loves, guy loves all the front-running teams. Yeah, Homer. Homer. Ban, the king of the bandwagon. Chiefs, minus 12 and a half. Given the Steelers on Ben's farewell tour, you know, I'll give the wave. Mm-hmm. Ben's, Ben's book has to close at some point. It's going to close this weekend. All right. I don't think so. I think it's gone. Really? Yeah. For 12 and a half. The, the only reason I there's one, I think if the, the Steelers win and Bills win, it's Bills Steelers next week. Right. That's what I thought. I yeah. That's so. small, but it's not going to happen. Uh, KC? It's 12 points. 12 and a half. Boy, that's a lot of points. They just got drilled. We'll come back to you. It's like it's like social studies class. I think I'm telling you. Steelers, Steelers. score sixteen. Guys are on the Steelers. Uh, I'm gonna run with that. That's that's a tough one. I, with the point, that's a tough one. Is it, Steelers are the toughest team to. Pass. I'm not gonna. I'm not, but I'm taking the Steelers. I got my Steelers. I'm gonna right. take the Steelers. Everybody's against Franco on this Jeez. one. Steelers score sixteen a game. Well, he, <laughs> he, scores 16 he, he doesn't want his Buffalo team to face the Steelers. <laughs> Last one because they beat the Steelers already this year. I mean, the Steelers beat Buffalo. Steelers yeah, yeah. Last one. Here we go. Cowboys 49ers minus three. We got local interest with the San Francisco 49ers and the DeBartlow Corporation. We'll pick that one too. We'll only do three. Just, just not a fan of Garoppolo. Okay, so the, this, is take, last, this is last game as, as 49ers. Minus three, you're taking the you're taking America's team, yeah. Jerry's boys. I'm I'm taking the Cowboys. I'll go local. I'm gonna take the Cowboys as well, and uh, I don't know what that all adds up to, but I think we're we're on opposite sides of the bet. Um, guy that comes in last, <laughs> friendly wager. What do you what do you what are we taking care of? Golf. A, a, a coffee. Coffee's. I think coffee's. Coffee. Coffee's on. Um, coffee's on the guy that wins the least. I'll have uh, pocket warmers when I'm back out next week, uh, making laps around the building. <laughs> so so I'll, you, I'll provide pocket. Are you going to the bills? No, my my kids going. I am not. Uh, any any crowds that get above twelve thousand are too big for Tyler. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not an eighty thousand crowd person. Ticket <laughs> ticket prices are down to twenty five bucks though. 
Are they really? Yeah. Holy cow. As it gets cold. I think they have a snowstorm up there. No, snow's uh, snow's not coming until Sunday. I would actually, if the Steelers win and they're in Buffalo next week and tickets are 25 bucks, I I will strongly make a consideration for going. It's not that long of a drive. So we're going to – No. It's not that bad of a drive. We're going to switch gears into looking forward into the spring, and that's golf. Golf season, my friends. Mm. Todd Franco is the founder of the greatest golfer. Of the valley, in the valley, we try as we, we evolve, the ball. We are greatest golfer. The greatest golfer. Yeah. Uh, year thirteen. By I'm the way, lucky I, year thirteen. I'm a two-time participant. Yeah. In the greatest golfer, why don't you give Why don't you give everybody the, the the cliff notes, and then I'll tell my greatest golfer story. Well, I got. I mean, I'm going to tell a very personal story here. I, I had a uh, a uh, almost tragic bathroom event at one year because. I could not get to the bathroom because I was chasing all four tea slots at Mill Creek trying to find Dennis Sheraldi. <laughs> I, I got, you know, and, and the Mill Creek golf crew, they get kind of crotchety, right? If they do. Not, if you're not there in order. And 808 Sheraldi, where this is, and I, I know he's here. And of course, I find him next to a tree talking to like five guys holding court. <laughs> and, and I'm I got to go to the bathroom. It's early. I got 20, 20 cups of coffee in me. And I'm like, I'm like dancing, wiggling, trying to control, <laughs> trying to hold it. And I am screaming around the Mill Creek area there, the, the concourse of Mill Creek. Where is my 808 Chiraldi? And, uh, and and I think I was about 60 yards away from when I finally found him. Hold him. Chiraldi, get up there. So that's my. Um, so well, that 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 rattled me enough <laughs> then. That rattled me. He, and and he, just he brushed he it. Did have eyes. His eyes got big. His eyes got big. But uh, wow. yeah, so no, greatest. Uh, thank you for being part of Greatest Golf. Thanks for having me here as part of that. But yeah, it is a. Uh, um, I tease folks. It is a now a thirteen year uh, accident that I'm just thrilled to be part of. Meaning that it wasn't intended to be this. It started as something else. And I think you know, with business and success, you think of some of the longtime businesses still in business. One of the things that key is pivoting, constantly evolving your recipe and how you do things. Right. You, you know, who do you add to your to your marketing suite, sure. I think uh, greatest every man every year I try to. Uh, you can. Uh, every year I try to evolve it, and 13 years going, um, and we're ready to go. The Visions uh, uh, Open Golf Tournament. Yeah, so we host um So we are a golf event business, and my passion is to really recognize that we are a community that happens to golf, and we're 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 an organization that happens to have golf events. So we have. So single events in the season to get adult golfers started. Um, and then our two core things are junior event, um, 12, 12 events for juniors. And our Hickory High School girls just won state championship in Pennsylvania. Right. Um, four of those girls uh, came up through our greatest golfer junior program, thrilled that bat. And then the signature event where I had to go find Dennis um, holding court, trying to <laughs> hand out business cards. We should be handing out tees. That's our three-day. I don't have business cards. National Bank, uh, fifty-four <laughs> hole, which is the core of our event. That's uh, that's in August. Yep. So essentially, we're an event business, and it's tailored around a junior program that goes for for twelve events, a three-day a three-day weekend, and then we also two years ago added um, a golf marathon, um, all day sunrise to sunset, twelve golfers. Uh, playing speed golf, trying to get as many holes as they can to raise money for Boys and Girls Club. Oh, that's very so cool. That's cool. So, Todd thinks he so he thinks he did me a favor when I played in the Greatest Golfer. It's a fantastic event. 
if you like to play golf at any level, it's an awesome opportunity to go out and like feel some competitive juices. Like it really take, it took me like the entire front nine, my first year to settle down and settle in. And like, it really is like you're paired up with a couple other guys or everybody's really friendly. Everybody's really nice. Um, a lot of people around and, and you go out, you tee off and like, you just got some jitters. Like you're playing like tournament golf, the ball's down you can't touch it. You know, you're a little bit freaked out about the rules, but then you settle and you start playing. So my goal has always been to make it to the third day. That's not happened yet. In the second time that I played in it, I, I, I hit taught up late in the, in, in like probably a day before two registration. And I should know much better because they do my own event. And it makes me crazy when people text me like a day before, like, hey, can I get a ticket? Tom is very gracious, throws me in, says you got an afternoon tea time. Literally threw him in, Johnny. <laughs> High maintenance. I'm like, eh, afternoon. I'm probably not going to get home until five or six. So Todd's like, hey, I got you an eight o'clock tea time. I was like, fantastic. I'll be in the morning. I'll get done by the afternoon. Show up. I'm a little bit sidetracked in some of the conversations because it's like a wedding. You see a bunch of people you know. It's a it's a nice annual gathering. It's a in the valley. Beautiful annual gathering. Um, little do I know that I'm partnered up with like the ten time champion. <laughs> How many times is Dick Marlowe? Well, Dick. He's been, I mean, he was a four time champ. Four time champ. He was in the senior <laughs> open. <laughs> he's in the senior open division, right? And he's part, and he got a guy that he's playing with as well. It's in the senior open division. Dick goes out and is part, which part of Mill Creek, 70 or 72? Something like that. He breezes a one over, like yeah. not even blinking an eye. Misses Jeez. a three footer on like 10 or 11 and like loses it. Yeah. Right. My job at this loses point, it, mean, loses his mind. For first composure yeah. for a second. Yeah, it's very competitive. For a second. Like Which, by the way, when you say Dick Marlowe, almost like you have to say the, the king of Canfield with, <laughs> with Dick Marlowe, you have to announce him as the greatest athlete of the valley ever. The Valley's greatest athlete ever, Dick Marlowe. Dude was just moving the ball around the course and I'm beating the ball up the fairway. And I'm like, what did you do to me, Franco? Like he part of, like he was so good. The like, irony, they were so nice. The irony of what did you do to me, Franco? When Dick got off the course that day, he was talking about you. He said, "What did you do?" Well, did you find yourself playing better? Because I always heard that if no. you play with no, a no, really no. good player, no. you find yourself playing better. My, my job at that point is to <laughs> not like become a fly on the wall and not not get in the way. Yeah. Like, right? Just like, what do I got to do to get out of this guy's way? Because he's obviously got something going, and I mean, like. <laughs> It was so impressive. <laughs> um, so, and the so, guy that he was with, by the way. Probably Uncle Milty. Glenn. He was probably three or four over for the day. Yeah. Like, just very easy three, four over. Yes. Like, made it look super simple. Those guys are just amazing to watch. So, I get home. And I um, – so, Johnny knows the rest of the story. So, I get home. And uh, I play – because you moved me up, it freed my evening up to play in the annual – Poland Little League coaches softball game. And I went that evening and played in the coaches softball game. And I dislocated my shoulder sliding into second base, which is why I was a DNF for the weekend. And he ended up picking I, me I up in the ER. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
they had to reset his shoulder. It was entertaining. It was definitely oh, entertaining. My. Yeah. One of one of the many general rules of greatest is the people you work hardest to get in end up becoming a week a weekend long problem for you. You know the white no good deed uh, goes on. Uh, that's it. You know the he was the poster child for 2016. Uh, the one guy that was really really happy the next day. Was Dick Martin? I was like, "Thank God yeah. we don't have to play with him." Johnny's caddied on a mini tour too. Yes, I have a couple. Let's talk about the days on on. Was it the Hooters tour? It was the Hooters tour. My, My sister tour. watching this right now. She may be. That means she's not working if she's watching this, right? <laughs> does, that, does that shape the, the variety of stories we can talk about based on if she's watching or not? I don't know. This is not a. This doesn't have to be a kid friendly show. It's not. It's not rated. But caddying on the Hooters would be fun. Yeah, so that, uh, that would be. Circa... I, my my first cousin was a golf pro, and he made he qualified for a few of the tournaments in on the Hooter tour. And I end up caddying for him, and it was pretty interesting. It was, you know, it was uh, one of three uh, tournaments that you played four days uh, back. It was the, I think it was the Hooter Tour, the Nike Tour, yep. and the PGA Tour. So it, it was interesting. I mean, it, it was it was fun, and and um, he just didn't, you know, didn't want to do that, have that type of lifestyle, hmm. and be a journeyman and run from course to course. So you weren't a full-time caddy. You were just doing a few events with him. How many yeah, events? we he just did a few events. Uh, we so, did too. So, um, what did you learn most about how to walk around the greens? I caddied once in a sub-sub professional tour with right. club pros from this one state. But even then, um, the guy I, I caddied for, like how to step, how to hold the flag, where not to be. Which I've been around a golf course before. It's still weird to hear, even at that level. There's other rules to follow. Right. There, you know, I don't remember. It was it was pretty laid back, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, the, the other players had caddies, and you just followed the other caddies and stood with your your guy and, and did what they did, and and it, it wasn't it, it wasn't a big issue, and I I didn't get all of that. Yeah. Were there any guys that ever just like I mean that were really trying to make it and that you saw that like they were really out there like trying to go to the next level. Yeah. They, they were, yeah, yeah. For sure you would get that. yeah, there were there was guys out there that probably went on to play in the PGA. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they're probably no you know, no namers that you would never hear. They were, you know, maybe you know, hundred on the list. Um, there was guys that, you know, boomed the ball three hundred and fifty yards. It was unbelievable down the middle. And you know, my cousin, he was he he hit the ball three hundred yards, and some of them guys just hit the ball beyond him. And it's just the smoothest swing you've ever seen. Yeah, it just goes. Well, what's the biggest misconception though about anybody that plays golf and the guy hits the ball a long way, like at your club or at the at the course? Oh, he hits the ball long three hundred yards. But right. the fact of the matter is, most people don't hit the ball three hundred yards. No, no, that's a long no. way on a regular basis. Yeah. No, yeah. Tiger Woods doesn't carry the ball three hundred yards. Yeah. Uh, he carries at 290, 280. And... Uh, but that's it, yeah. So I think the, the younger kids, the younger, the, the folks who can hit it 300 plus really don't talk about it. The ones who say they hit it, but they really don't, there's those ones are usually loud. The ones who walk around saying, yeah, I'm 305 yards, they're really 290, 280. They're coming up short. But yeah, right. exactly. But the quieter ones, I mean, we have part of greatest is the long drive event. 
and it's amazing watching some of um, uh, Griffin Todd, Kenny Keller, Nick Bradich, Brian, uh, 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 yeah, um, Patsy. Uh, who, who's your go? Who's your Unsolicited. I've, 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 I, I did MC the event twice, yeah, yeah, but then right. I was. But there are. Didn't you come out one year? Yes, I did. I did. He come out one year. I didn't. I didn't compete, but I was, I was out there watching. <laughs> but those are all legitimate three twenty five, three thirty five, and you just you just see when the. I mean. Even sitting at that tent, as, as we sit in the long drive event, you know when the ball's going 290 and, and 300, and when that when a certain ball leaves, you know that one's going about 25 yards farther. It just has this launch off the guy's club, and it's amazing to watch. Yeah, 335 leave a club. It, pen, it like penetrates yeah, more than than up and down. Correct. Yeah, exactly. That's the perfect. Which, which, by the way, too, you know that that comes from playing. And and one of the things that I told you I had a conversation with earlier this week. Um, what you're doing for youth golf in the community as well. I, I know a guy here locally. Um, actually, we'll give him a shout-out, Matt Marone, Marone Mechanical. His son's a, a, a very good junior golfer. And, you know, they're playing in, in junior golf tournaments, and, and there's not a lot – there wasn't a lot of availability at quality at scale and it, locally. And they have to go to Cleveland. They have to go out of town. And, you know, just this past week he's he said – that you guys have have had this commitment to developing some youth golf tournament and program through greatest that's giving kids locally an opportunity to play at a competitive level and also bring kids along almost like a, a rec league if you will to get them interested and excited about the, the, the sport of golf yeah so when i tease about greatest golfer being like the coolest accidents that, that, that's ever happened um, there's a lot of guys chirping me or coaching me on this. And it's Jonah Carson, it's Mike Ferrandi, it's Ed, it's Ed Moransky, uh, Brian Tolmar. So there's this group of uh, golf fans. And Jonah was the one in 2011 said, you got to get a junior component going. Because we started just with adults. And it was successful and the appetite was there. And right away he said, if you're going to feed the adults, this, you got to get a junior going. Sure enough, to this day, you know, Brandon Pachinski our five-time winner. He first appeared as, in greatest as a 16-year-old. And now we've got wow. Ken, Kenny Keller and and the Snyder boys, um, you know, playing out of, out of, out of you know, just outside of Canfield. So there's this group of twenty somethings, but they all came through our junior program. And every year there's this good pocket of kids, and I think, well, there's not going to be another pocket of kids that's going to be as cool sure. as this group. And then all of a sudden, a group comes along, and that's where Maddie Marone <laughs> comes in. Um, we're we're doing scoring, so we start with twelve to fourteen year olds is our one division, and then fifteen to seventeen. So 15 to 17 are the other rock stars, and that's the state champs from Hickory High over there in, in Hermitage. And um, so, but our 12 to 14, um, keeping score one day last summer, and there's these two five foot 10, 14 year olds coming, and there's this five footer right in, in between them. And I'm like, all right, boys, give me your scores. And this five footer standing between two five tenors is like, uh, all right, three, four, six, four, five. That's his score. And I'm like, who the hell is this kid? And it's and it's Maddie Marone's son. He's just he's got control, and I just awesome. I just started. Let, it took me a second to catch my breath, and then I realized I'm just gonna let this kid go, not get in his way, because he just went with it. And afterward, I said, "What the hell was that one?" He goes, "He's been keeping score with me for leagues for years, but now he, the first year his debut, and I can just see that here comes another wave yeah. of great young kids coming through. That just it's it's, it's been a great reward. Yeah. A, How old is Matt Marone's son? 13. 13. 12, 13. Where were you guys? You and you and your cousin Danny. We when, were we were probably twelve when we started playing. And I, but Danny was, was an athlete though. He was one of those natural guys that he was the best baseball player. He he 
you know, he could pick up a ball and do anything. Then he picked up golf and he he put a lot of time into it too. Plus he had he had the ability with it and he he was really, really good. And and you know, if if you're in the Newcastle circle of golfers and you talk about Danny Mangina, they're gonna know who you're talking about. You know, here's the thing though, like when we were so we were that age, my my mom would take me and one of my buddies and drop us off at Tanglewood Golf Course. And it would go, it would be during the week after the morning, you know, there was probably a, a group of seniors that teed off at eight o'clock in the morning. So it would be around lunch. It would be kind of quiet. They'd drop us off and and we'd pay, I don't know how much we paid, five bucks to go walk nine holes. And then they'd come and pick us up like three hours later. If we got done early, we'd go beat balls at the, at the driving range. And they let us go. Like there was like there was not a lot of oversight. It was accessible. It was affordable. Right. Like free range golf. It was it's free, free range, range chickens. Right. We, yeah, just go ahead. Free range kids. I mean, so what are you really gonna do at a golf course? I mean, yeah. Yeah. it was the next step of like getting that, you know, you get your bike, you get freedom. Yeah. yeah. Golf was almost like that. Like we had some freedom on the golf course to right. go, you know, the worst, the worst thing that we did. Hit three, four balls on a hole. Right. We had um my cousin and I and, and a couple of my buddies had memberships at Mohawk Trails and the junior memberships were $80. That was, and you could play all, all summer long. And it was. Yeah. Our, um, we network with about 15, 18 golf courses, hardcore. And then there's another 15, 18 golf courses that we keep in touch with. But all of them have this commitment to keeping the kids playing. It's been a good one, especially yeah. the last two years of COVID to make sure the kids have something because the team sports got bare off a little bit. The yeah. start. But yeah, the commitment of the golf courses to the kids is still there. I think the challenge is, is that some of these parents, they drop your kid off and just let him go <laughs> yeah. for seven hours. I mean, parents, you know, I mean, look how normal you turned out. Why would you not want to just drop your kid off and let him go for seven hours? So I think parents, you know, have a little more concern these days. But I think, you know, hopefully – we can get back to an era where, yeah, just drop them off and go. And, and some of our best golfers, I hear that. They grew up as a kid getting dropped off at Scambaugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I think I think this area, though, is becoming more of a um, – it, it's it's like you said. I think the, the, the youth, they're trying to promote more of the youth to play more golf. I know just even like my son, he's only 10. And he started last year, and he started, he's starting to play. Like, he, he's interested. Like, he's really into it. Like, he likes to do it. And I'm like, that's a great sport to learn. Like, please go ahead. Like, be much better than me. You'll be ripping them better than I am. Um, but then with all the new stuff coming, like I walked through the other day, that soft opening, bunker. the bunker in there. I just want it's open, but it's like soft. Are you allowed opening. to say names on here? Oh yeah, let's get that. Yeah, I don't want to get yelled at. So the the place in Boardman, but we can well, say it's a bunker. Okay. Yeah. Bunker. Um, yeah. That double bogeys and then, yeah. you know, the bunker. And I'm like, wow, there's a bar there. There's a bar there. There's like four bars in there. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you what, they laid that place out. I mean, and it's so kid friendly. I mean, obviously it's for guys yeah. like us, but it's also like so This is not friendly. a highly exclusive name dropping crowd, by the way. So <laughs> feel free to. I wasn't sure I was going to get kicked out there's of the parking lot. No naming or copyrights. <laughs> no, does your Max, whole have uh, patience for the game? Well, he does. So, like, so I bought him like some clubs early on. Then he outgrew those, and then I got him some junior clubs. And um, he, he, his problem—I well, should say—his problem right now, and it's not a problem. It's, it's it comes down to to time, right? Right. So he's doing so many different things all the time. Right. Um, obviously, it's a little bit easier in the summertime. I say, hey, come on, let's go. We can go up to Kensington or something and just like putt some balls, and like he's cool with doing that. Right. Um, 
but yeah, for him to kind of just do it on his own, yeah. he's not. He, I mean, he's obviously he's not there yet. I mean, it takes that training. Right. Yeah. But, but with this that, place that, opening, I think something so, like this. So one's my God, one's my godson. They're both my nephews. How about your kids? Right. <laughs> I take them golf, and, and yeah. you know, I take them to the par three. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Okay, it, it, I go Mill Creek. Yeah. It, it's great, you know. It's yeah. a great place to try to learn how to play golf. So nice. I take them out there, you know. By by the third, I think the third hole, you've got a, a, a like a peninsula green and then mm-hmm. water blocking it, and they both hit it in the water. Yeah, yeah. They both start throwing their clubs. They're eight and nine. And yeah. They're throwing their clubs already. <laughs> then they start throwing yeah. balls at each other because yeah. they're, they're they're making fun of because each other. Because they're that old, right? Yeah. Well, I've had, uh, the, like, I've had to bench a kid or two. Like yeah. we're on, a, you know, we're on the car. I'm like. You're on the bench because you're yeah. talking smack to your brother. Yeah, I got I got two baseball swings. I mean, I, I mean, after seventy and fifty games in the summer, what else would you expect? Oh game, yeah, right. So you got two baseball swings. I got one. I think has the right disposition, and I hate to say it about a twelve and a ten year old, but I got one that that is just nuts. You know, like just right. the other. The other is very calm, very like laid back. <laughs> My daughter's too young. She's like. Not quite getting it yet, but um, we do things like we'll roll the ball. Like some holes, like we get up on the green, and it's like we'll just like play fun games. Like let's see who could roll yeah. the ball closest. Um, we'll play scramble golf. So my kid is the yeah. opposite of Matt Marone right. that can hit the ball and go out and play around the golf. Sure. And, and and you know, like so, just we'll play scramble golf. We'll play from here on in. Um, get to drive the cart a little bit. Yeah. Right. I think that. that they're interested in driving the car. Well, they are. They are. Let me ask you a question, and and because I think I brought this up before to you, and it's hard to quantify. I mean, it's very difficult to quantify. What do you think the economic impact of greatest is in in knowing that you're a humble guy in that conversation? Um, to you know, like greatest is coming up, so like I got to go out and buy a new pair of golf shoes and golf balls, right? I'm supporting the local economy. Um, afterwards, I'm you know might be going out to a restaurant or whatnot with the guys that we played with. Um, what do you think the impact is, or have you even yeah. had that study done, or even anecdotally? Just surveys. We, we do some surveys at the end, and uh, just about all of our golfers spend a minimum of 150 hours getting ready for a greatest golfer. Wow, it's, it's, it's a new set of shoes. It's a, it's, a, it's a new wedge. Um, so most of our golfers spend that. We'll, we'll have nutty golfers. It's um, un, under a uh, hundred or less. And 300 or less. We have we have players who will spend even more on that to get to get ready, but not just by a year. Um, and in the ecosystem that's in my head, what greatest is is that you know we, it's players from all, all around the valley, which means they're coming from Columbia County, they're coming from Trumbull County, they're coming from Noel Run, they're coming from Tamar. They're spending more time playing golf at Tamarwin. Uh, they're spending more time playing golf at Noel Run. They're taking lessons, all those kind of things. Mm. It's amazing the amount of energy guys put into this, players put into this to get ready for it. So the uh, the amount of golf that these guys have, <laughs> about 340 golfers for that three-day weekend, we're about 150 kids playing in the juniors, and the volume of golf that they add to their life because of greatness is, is pretty measurable. So, and that's great. So, um couple years ago through one of the one of the businesses that that i run we did an indoor golf outing with avalon they've got their five simulators four simulators in the basement i don't know if they were the first i think that they may have been the first but now obviously just about everywhere you look there's golf simulators you mentioned the bunker 
dedicated towards indoor golf. Ken, uh, Kensington. Actually, they used to have them. To be honest with you, I think the people that had them first before even Avalon was that uh, that dome. Remember the dome oh, out there in Gerard? Yeah, before they the So the yeah. dome. So you so have he had one of the corner there. Yeah. So there's one. There's one going on. Yeah. I believe at Firestone Farms. Um, yeah. Have you thought about doing an indoor golf outing with greatest and so. potentially at the bunker or so there's a lot of things i love about greatest one of the things that drives me nuts is with 340 golfers coming to you for three days in a row um there are 340 golfers with ideas about what you should do next okay. year and, and they all can do it better they all want to oh yeah it's all, it's all uh, yeah. Stuff. um so so the ideas are endless and, there, and there's things on my ticker list that i want to keep doing um, indoor golf is something that Joe and I are talking about. We are going to have a couple of events this um, February, March. Sweet. So, to get going. Um, leagues indoors, I think we'll let that to them. Yeah. You know, I think there's only so deep I want to get into this before getting into – I want to get into greatest bocce. I want to get into greatest bowling. So I want to keep golf to a certain level and get on to other – I want to have greatest marketing. Greatest marketing. <laughs> a team of marketers in a row. <laughs> oh, boy. I would, I, I would like that, too. And I would, I'm going to throw a product on the table, and let's see. Let's Go see at it. See we come up with it. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, would so, I would definitely get behind a, an indoor golf. Event. Yeah. Um, so, one th I mean, obviously, I've only got so much time today. I think the, and I'm also uh, aware of not being too much. I, mean, I think you can, get, you can bore people. Saturated. So I think, I think you, you, get, you got to be special with it and unique, but also that others who are in the industry have their piece of it. So Jonah's going to have some leagues. Kensington has leagues. So I think that, you know, I'm glad to let them, you know, have some of those ideas as well. So I could just make what we do as, as great as it can be. I, I was going to ask a difficult question, but I don't want to put anybody on the spot because I know that you have your, you are, you know, you have a lot of courses that obviously support you and in, in bi-directionally. So if you have one round of golf to play, in this region, and you you can you can uh, you can opt out of this question if you if you think you're going to offend somebody. Yeah. Otherwise, if you got one round of golf to play, not with people, but you got one round of golf to play in this area, where are you playing? Newcastle Country Club. Yeah, it's a good track. It's a good track. It was Youngstown Country Club. Now it's Newcastle. Actually, Youngstown Country Club is a great golf course. Yeah, yeah. that is it a is great a course. Yeah. I mean, good. No, I'm, I would say I would I was going to say Youngstown. Youngstown is probably one of my favorite courses to play. That that course is a fantastic course. It's laid out so nice. Yeah. Really so nice. obviously I say play all of them, but each. <laughs> um, I mean, if you go um, scratch golf, S K R A T C H, it's a national like a like like okay. a, it's a it's a content company. If you look them up on YouTube and look up the Dum Dum course over at Buell. The only free golf course mm, in yeah. America is right here in the Valley. Right. So you've got options like that. I say um, don't, and, and it's a challenge that I have with Greatest, don't overlook the family courses. And I tell folks a great story. Greatest started, as I, I teased a couple times, right? it's, been, it's, it's an accident that we got here. It started as a feature of 18 golf holes over a summer trying to copy off of your genius of marketing you two guys let's have it let's have something in the vindicator for 18 weeks and one whole week and we use our color technology and you know, great design so that's where greatest started and so we went to 18 different courses to get their best hole and create the dream course in the valley one of the courses we went to was um bronzewood up in kinsman and i still tell folks 
has had great experience everywhere. Ed's built a good gem at Lake Club. Tolmire has Mill Creek going. So many great. Kensington's a great track. Brownswood was the one place when we, we first started Greatest Golfer where they um, – let's go out play number nine, I think, was the hole. It's the hole where you get drive to the edge and the green's down here and you're chipping up over a valley. And um, they said, oh, wait, hold on a second. Um, Six-pack of Budweiser came out with them and no shoes. <laughs> and this is the this is the, these are the kids and the kids are like in their thirties um, who own the course. So family-owned courses are really what drove. If you think of it in the valley, there's a wave of courses that came because of Arnie Palmer. You know, a yeah. lot of those courses were built in the in the early sixties push. So you got you know you got Tamerlan, you got no great family-owning no no run. No so one's great. Um, no I think uh, great. I think pay attention to the family courses. They are a gem of the Valley golf industry, and they are the spine. It's great to have Youngstown. It's great to have Avalon. It's great to have Lake. Um, but don't overlook. There's some gems out there. And Bronzewood, barefoot Bronzewood with a six-pack of Budweiser is not a bad way to play golf. All right. We'll tuck that one away. I mowed greens at Bedford Trails really? for two years. Yeah. So I have, a sentiment, I have a sentimental favor kind of going back and, and playing there, uh, playing Tanglewood. And, I, and I'll tell you, the, uh, the, holes, the holes and the views along the lake at the lake club are, are, are pretty special. Like, I, you yeah. don't find that, you know, you can find great golf at, at clubs uh, all over the valley. Um, but that view is just absolutely amazing. Um, and it's impeccably kept. Yeah, I mean that makes a huge difference. My uh, actually, so my the first college class that I ever skipped. So Chris Brown is the golf superintendent yeah, at the Lake Club. Great guy. Uh, we played basketball against each other from the time that we were in the seventh grade to the time that we graduated high school, and we we both end up at junior college. <laughs> so <laughs> stunning, <laughs> stunning. Well, yeah, you're going to be very surprised what I tell you next. So. We both end up at junior college at Kent State uh, Trumbull campus. We nice. continue on our Great academic place. and our athletic careers. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting in my first psychology class there. And it wasn't incredibly huge, but it wasn't small. It was, it was small. It was big enough that you could step out and not be noticed. So I'm sitting in class. It's the first mm -hmm. week. And I think he was a year ahead of me. So he's sitting out in the hallway going like this. He's like, get your stuff. Come with me. And I'm like, what? So I back put my backpack together i come out he's like come on let's go let's go play ping pong let's get out of here i'm like what do you mean he's like they're not taking attendance let's skip class <laughs> <laughs> so he's the first guy that got me to skip class and showed me the ropes uh in college so it's funny every time i'm at, at the lake Chris club with the golf, golf i get to That's hang fun. out with him switching gears to our segment called cooking with crows we got to pay the bills crows cabinets does uh awesome new cabinets. builds and remodeling on kitchens, baths, man caves, she sheds. This guy's got a man cave, by the way. Really? Yeah, he, he yeah. built the, what I'll call the Garage Mahal. Yeah. In fact, wow. it inspired a podcast that's still yet to come out. Story, uh, the Garage, what do we call it? Stories from the Man Cave. The stories from the Man Cave. Mm. I think they were politically incorrect stories from the Man Cave. <laughs> so, that's why we can't go live. And it, It's really <laughs> like... Yeah, that, that's where all the fix came in about the NFL because uh, I had the, the neighbor guys uh, over, all, all Steeler fans. All the stories got to go into the vault there. Actually, they probably none of them could ever make. Like, we were actually, I'll tell this story. Like, we were going to put a urinal in. Oh, and that's it. 
in the man cave. That's it. That's fantastic. <laughs> if you want to be in the man the, cave, there's a year. The, the plumbing was just going to be a, <laughs> a, a, a pipe going out the wall. It's so, not going to be a five-gallon bucket of love. Yeah. I say we. With cat litter. Because it's. <laughs> Once a week, <laughs> I get to go along on this ride too. So we, I, you know, I throw me in there. We were gonna go along on this ride together, and it's just like we're setting the tone from day one. We're putting it's a man cave. There's a urinal. You want to be in the man cave? That's all you get. So, um, yeah, you built the garage. Well, yeah, I built the garage, couch. and I used uh, got car stuff. To, in I the decorated in, inside, like you do, like I'm talking like the one that I decorated the garage. <laughs> but I used all like repurposed uh, material. Mm. Know, I used roofing for uh, old roofing for the walls sure. and um, pallet boards. Uh, and we got a big flat screen TV in there. Flat screen TV, couch, little not, garage fridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I look That's for it. old gas station signs to hang up yeah. and. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's pretty neat. And your you know? wife is not working because she said this is after we spoke, and then then his wife spoke up. Dear, dear, dear antlers, right? So the the oh, the funny thing go. about this show is this: like Johnny knows how to do stuff. He knows how to build things, fix things, hunts. What a brother-in-law to have! Right, my cousin, <laughs> my other co- my cousin Jason, um, you know, like a brother. He he too knows how to build stuff. He knows how to hunt. He knows how to do things. Johnny, I got a question for you. When you talk about your brother-in-law, Dennis, <laughs> what do you tell people he's able to do for you? Because he just ran down a list of things that right, you know, right. you're asking. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I got a picture. I mean, I, on his I called him up the other day. I was like, is the garage open? What are the rates? Because I got a, I got a, I got a break job that needs to get done. So right. I like literally have no idea what my place in, in the garage uh, podcast is. But Anyway, getting into it, Johnny and I like to, to cook. We like to barbecue, and cooking with crows is all about cooking. So we got a big football weekend. And the first question I have for you, Mr. Franco, Full pork. are buffalo wings as good as they say they are in Buffalo? Absolutely. Absolutely. Better than anywhere? No, I wouldn't say that. That's everyone who says you can only get no, – you get there any, um, any restaurant these days. I mean, it's such a – I would say – 25 years ago, it was tough to find a true buffalo wing anywhere in the country. Now, I think the recipe, the popularity is such. But that said, in Buffalo, they are dynamic. Um, funny thing, Buffalo snobbery around the chicken wing. All these other cities that started doing the Parmesan rub yeah. and all these other things, Buffalo was like, screw that. We're just doing our Tom's hot sauce, a little bit of butter. Sure. But now, over the last 10 years, Buffalo's come along. To evolved. Evolved into More their, flavors. Exactly, yeah. Right. Okay. So, not so, um, but they're always big. There's no small wings in Buffalo. You know, they have those wings coming like a, a size, a B size, a C. And then sure. at your house, we serve the small little B size chicken wings. Like frog legs. Frog legs. Frog legs. I'm actually offended. <laughs> I go to Ruley Brothers to get the big fist size wing. Of course, of course, right now wings are like more than Bitcoin. Oh yeah. God, wings are so expensive. So, but one thing about buffalo wings, aside from the wing, is it's blue cheese. Don't ask for ranch. My brother has a pizzeria and a wing shop, kind of on a west side kind of part of Buffalo. Okay. But if you think about of, of the, the west side here, and um, a friend of mine stopped in town, and he goes, "I got to tell you what your brother did to us." My wife bops up to the counter. 
can I, can I get some ranch, please? And he goes, no, blue cheese. And she, he does it on purpose. For he knows he knows you're an outsider, right? If you ask for, blue, for ranch, for ranch, so, that's like the yeah. code word. So buffalo is blue cheese. Do not ask for ranch in right. Buffalo. There's so, no such thing. Duly noted. I, I won't want to look like a tourist. Yeah, exactly. You are. Yeah, you are not from Buffalo. If you ask for ranch, I've smoked <laughs> wings before and then flash fried them. Mm. I don't know if that's very Buffalonian. Is that the right term? Buffalonian, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I have. Buffalonian or in, incarcerated. One of those two. That's how we describe ourselves. <laughs> Donnie, you got to barbecue something. Yes. What would you, what would you <clears throat> be barbecuing? Or, or do you got a go to restaurant? No, I don't say for barbecue. No, I, I used to. If you, everybody remembers back in the day, and they all say, oh, it's changed, it's changed, now it's this one, it's this one. Remember Armadillo's on Mahoning Avenue? Yeah. That place was fantastic. Like, their barbecue was just like, it was right there. Um, but, uh, no, I like, I mean, yeah, a good a barbecue chicken wing. I like doing them, too. I do them several different ways. Depends. You know, in the wintertime or in the summertime, I'll throw them in the, in the oven, you know, cook them up real nice, then flash, then throw them on the grill, you know, and then and then just mix them with the sauce. It's delicious. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, that's Buffalo starting to pick up on doing the char at the end. Sure, it's yeah, nice. It just burn. gives it that, that nice yeah. little burn at the end. But um, but I like them hot. I like my wings. I like hot I like wings. Them. Like I truly like hot hot wings. Um, to the point where my son even now he's like, Dad, let's get some hot wings because he's he's starting so, to like them now. So clearly, you're not a man who sweats because uh, to get the hot wings. I mean, I, I get out of bed. There's little things. It depends on <laughs> it depends on how hot they are. Yeah. But, but I do like a good hot hot wing. It's good. It's very enjoyable. I, I, what I do, I, I, I uh, get the large wings. I don't get the frog legs. Frog legs. I get the whole wing, and uh, I put a dry rub on it, and then I put it in the. I got a pellet smoker, and I put it in the pellet smoker, and let them smoke for three hours, and I think they're great that way. Well, this weekend we've got pulled pork at the house. What time? Um, it depends on what time I get out of bed <laughs> on Sunday night, Saturday into Sunday. It's a 12 hour cook. So you gotta, you gotta go, you know, obviously you gotta get up at like two in the morning and have the, the fire ready and, and all that good stuff. So I enjoy that. Um, I'll talk a year off about pool pork. I don't know in the area, uh, there's a lot of good offerings right now. Um, uh, some of space cat left town, but. I like I like making Sadness. barbecue. I like Sadness. barbecue at my own house, and the mm -hmm. reason is that it's a it's a great hobby. Mm -hmm. I get I get my mind off marketing. Other than then, I start thinking about opening up my pulled pork stand at the corner <laughs> gas station. <laughs> if all else fails, that is an option. That's, that's what you're gonna do. That's the fallback plan. Which corner? Market uh, on South Avenue and Western Reserve Road, a heavily right. trafficked okay. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Shell station over there. Mm -hmm. I feel like that that's a prime location, although they don't have a lot of extra space in in uh in that spot. But that's where I, I feel like I'm I'm going. We'll put you in the corner of Siddhartha's parking lot there, Cafe Four. I think there's a lot of space in this parking lot. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe I'll put you right up there in the front corner. <laughs> yeah. South Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we're wind, we're wind, we're winding down the show. I forget what else what the heck we were supposed to be talking about today. How about A1 concrete level? All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. So let's um, talk, let's talk about this for a second. So you got a you got a crack in your sidewalk, your basement's sinking, and 
and you're going to pay somebody to come out and blow up the sidewalk or you're going to call you. Right. And, you know, if you have an unlevel slab in your driveway, um, trip steps in your walkway, I could come out and uh, level it out. And um, what we use is uh, um, we have a pump truck that pumps limestone and we drill one inch holes in the concrete, hydraulically oh, pump limestone. Mud jacking is what we talked about yeah, mud, before. Yeah, mud jacking. That's how I heard it. Yeah, that was the old term was mud jacking. Now it's just leveling. And, and, I'm, a, and I'm a testimonial for right. you. Once you go in there. Right, yeah. You, you, we did a patio for you. Yeah, so, yeah. so I'm, I'm buying this house in Poland on the lower scale side of Poland. The now, other side of Poland? Not where the wealthy folks live in Poland. I'm on the upper end. I'm on like yeah, the yeah, Jeffersons. Yeah, exactly. You're in the Jeffersons of Poland. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the Sanford and the Sons. Part yeah. Of and, and, we're, and we're looking at the patio and it's with the realtor and the home inspector. And I'm not a genius. I'm not you. You know, all these things you're talking about. I'm more right. on your side of it. Where, <laughs> hey, you have to believe him. I'm right. calling for help from somebody, right? right. And uh, we're trying to figure out is the patio tilted toward the house? You can see some lines on the foundation where oh. maybe the cement used to be. So I went and got a garbage can from inside the house and filled it up with water. And, and while they're all kind of sitting around trying to figure it out, I just threw water. And sure enough, right toward the foundation. I remember telling the home inspector, is anybody around here? Because I wasn't from here. I, I moved here. I said, anyone around here doing mud jacking? And he goes, what the hell is that? And he goes, well, there's this leveling company. Is that the same as mud jacking? And 14 years later, I'm, uh, I didn't know this until we walked in today. But, yeah, absolutely attest to yeah. leveling, mud jacking, pumping that thing. It's very cool. It's yeah. wicked to watch the whole. Right. Yeah. This is a 20-foot by 40-foot patio slab. Right. And the whole thing just slowly rose. Raised patio? Yeah. Raised patio. Um, you know, that's big for us because we could save you a lot of money opposed to replacement. You know, if you go replace that and you rip that out, it's more than just ripping out the pad. You're, you're breaking up the, the block that it's sitting on right. too, and you have to redo right. that also and bring in fill. And then it's probably in the back of your house. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, uh, it, it, and one, and one thing too, critics to your industry, right. you know, because when I was calling some concrete guys, hey, you don't want to invest in that. They said, after a few years, it's going to settle back down. 14 right. years later, it's still at that line. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask how, so it's 14 yeah, years 14 later, it's still years, there. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. We're, we're using so limestone. Cool. We're using the same base as you would if you would replace it. Right. And we're just not ripping it out. We're pumping it underneath yeah, your concrete. Makes sense. And it, 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 it's similar to, uh, if you're familiar with brick pavers, mm -hmm. they uh, put it on, they put the brick pavers on 411 limestone sand and pack it down. And if you ever pick up one of them brick pavers, it's hard, like almost like concrete, but yeah. it really isn't. Right. But that's what we're trying to replicate under your concrete is is a proper base for that concrete to sit on, so it's stabilized, and yeah, it, it, and it really works. Small little holes, about eighteen inches apart, and then they just keep going along the foundation. And the, and the guy who's doing it, I mean, he was like a Picasso of it. You know, the the, the hose went to one hole for about five seconds, and he went to the next hole for five seconds, and then yeah. almost like you know making this the whole thing just came up. And we and we did it in two thousand seven, right? Two thousand seven. And we have the same workers that did your job today. Wow. And um, that's something to be said about our company. The only, the only I'm mad about is that yeah. I know all the other things that you can do because of Dennis's promotion. I, I just think <laughs> I got some breaks to look at. I want, I want to put a cabinet in here. Right. I, mean, I well, totally missed out. You're, you're I'm a jack service. of all trades, but master and nothing, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, was it first time using it? I had no idea who you were. Yeah, yeah it's true, true story. True story. True huh, story. That's very cool.
Yeah, I saw that because actually I didn't think that would. I, I figured that you, you know, you like Dennis, you know, worked in some high rise and whatever. I saw the shirt and I said, you, <laughs> "Is that, is that your company?" Is that, is no, that your I'm, I'm just a basic yeah. concrete. Yeah, guy. no, because uh, when I saw, I, I remember right back to 2007 yeah. and that patio just coming back to life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ivory towers, right? The ivory towers. I just could go and I get in trouble out. I, I, I just can't. I just can't. I. Early, early on in my life, uh, I was fortunate <laughs> enough to get a general labor's position in the Falcon Foundry, Ooh. and that was in my sophomore and junior year of college, where my dad felt I needed some proper motivation. He was a foreman there. He saw me skipping class as a freshman, and just said, "Yeah, I think he. This is a Learned great. Something. This is a great summer job for you." And so I worked the afternoon shift, 2 to 10, 3 to 11. Johnny worked there for a bit. And um, so we'd go to work there. And um, the day shift would be getting out. And the afternoon term would be coming in, general labor pool. And um, so a lot of the dads of the kids that we grew up with in Mobile worked there. And one dad in particular, you know, he'd be covered from head to toe and it just – you know, the work that he was doing in the in the foundry was dirty, hard work. And he would just say, covered in, in dirt, and he'd look at us and be like, stay in college. Yeah. You know, yeah. He would look at us and be like, stay in college, right? And you're like, and, and you'd just be like, yeah, I can't wait to go back. <laughs> I can't wait to go back. So, um, but I didn't learn how to do my, like, I, uh, like, that didn't translate into actually knowing how to do things, um, you know, around the house and things like that. But Don, did you did you grow up with that same opportunity to work in like a foundry kind of setup, summertime? Um, no, I didn't. I worked I worked at golf courses, but I but I but I but I, I again, like he was saying before earlier, that he was cutting green. I cut greens, but prior to to working myself up to that point, I worked at Mill Creek, and um, we you know you get there at six o'clock in the morning. And you're working with you're working with people at, on that at that level. I mean, you're working with people that are like this is their job. Yeah. Um, but there's there's there were some people that have been there forever, older guys. And they're like, well, today you're going to learn how to do drainage. And I mean, we I put in I mean I put in most of that south side drainage. Remember when we had that big problem and it just kept flooding? I put most of that drainage in. Oh yeah, the the mm -hmm. the, the ditch diggers and then laying yeah. the laying the, the the gravel and the pipe and I mean I did that. I mean and I learned that those guys. I mean so now like there's certain jobs that I can do at my house that I'm like yeah I could do that you know. Yeah. But because I learned it. Yeah, I learned that on the golf course too. Like yeah, laying, laying French drain. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, uh, and, and the big misnomer though, coming back to A1 concrete, you have concrete in the title, but you don't necessarily do concrete. Mix no, we, we, we don't uh, pour new concrete. We just uh, fix existing concrete. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. we do foundation repair also. That's why it's if you have concrete leveling. Leveling and foundation repair. Mm. And, you know, if you see a, a vertical crack in your wall, anything structural will take care of it. And it always leads into a structural problem leads into a water problem. Mm -hmm. you, you find that it's, it's sure. it, essentially it's a water problem. So, um Indirectly, we're going to take care of the water problem that's going on. Gotcha. Right. I think we said we were giving away random tickets to, or actually, all of you guys get a ticket to Duyo for being on the show today. So thank you.
much. Well, it's not necessarily <laughs> VIP. When you guys are, when you, that it comes along with that free ticket for this participation. If you're having to ask, be asked to like carry some food trays around or, or oh, do some, like that's labor. Labor yeah. work. And I think we were giving away two free tickets to Golden Star Theaters today to one random uh, viewer. So we'll make sure that we go through and we find that. We'll find that. We'll announce that uh, um, uh, coming up. Um, before we drop out, Mary left. We heard a little bit about King, Valley's King of Canfield. Greatest. A1 Concrete. Right. Mayor of Canfield. Yeah. What, what type of economic development do you see foresee in the city of Canfield over the next twelve to twenty-four months? What do you what are you be working on? What can you say? Well, I got my I got my four years now ahead of me. I, that I need to do something in the next four years, um, and I believe it's going to happen. So, so how things are kind of being shaped right now? There was a piece of property um, that we had annexed a long time. I was I, I was in council before several years ago, and then I got out of it, but. When, when that was when that had happened, um, then we had annexed this piece of property, 280 some acres of property. Um, so there was there's there was a lot of that to grow that way to grow south of Canfield because we were kind of being <clears throat> kind of like landlocked in a sense and when it and not able to annex any property, you couldn't go anywhere, couldn't move anything. So and um, but with that being said, with 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 that piece of property there and there's been some movement going on there, um, not only that. Uh, Canfield's always been a great community. It's a safe community. Um, I just think it needs polished. You know, I think we just need to take it to the next level. Um, it's 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 a great community. And there's good people there, um, and now it's just time. And I think I'm be able to find some investors to come in there and really take a look at some projects and see. Um, you know, put the money in Canfield, keep it local. And, and I think I think there's some people that we've been talking to that are going to start that. There's a few projects that I can't necessarily say right now, but they are going to be coming. There's going to be a um, some press releases going out probably towards the end of the month, beginning of February. Um, some big news of some stuff coming into Canfield already. Um, and that's just been based upon the fact that um, we're going to cut the red tape. You know, we, we want to cut that red tape that's making business hard to make people come to Canfield because they well, we can't do business because make it really difficult. Well, okay, what's making it difficult? Let's get rid of it then. You know, we want to give them some tax breaks. We want to give you a tax break. We'll give you a tax break. Like whatever we got to do to get your business. We want business in the city. Um, what's so. your, what's your comfort level when, so if I've been in business in Canfield for 20 years, cause tax breaks, that's like a, sure. You, you get people touchy. I, like, well, right. I've, been, I've been doing it for 20 years. I didn't get a tax break. Yeah. Sure. Make it, why should this person pay? The sure. Sure. Well, and, and really what we're going to do is, and how that's, how that really works is we're going to do it on say like, um, property so like if you come in there we're gonna say hey we'll give you you know if, if you want to build a five million dollar business on a piece of property that you paid a hundred thousand dollars for we're gonna give you the tax break and you're only gonna have to pay on the hundred thousand dollars not on the five million or seven million that you're gonna spend the bill right um so yeah and there's some projects there's some new um housing development going on right now um they're finishing up uh a new street that they put in around the 46 right across from the old cemetery there um, which is going to be a nice couple builds there. Coca and uh, DeLuca, I think, are building up in there. Um, but then there's more of that to come. There's been some good talks now um, with the school system. School system's looking to build some new schools, but they got to get the money first. So, and you know how that is. Canfield is such a good school system, but where we're at, there's 
There's too much money in canceled, so the state doesn't give us any money. Yeah, same well, thing in Poland. This is yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. Um, like you get eighty some million dollars or sixty million dollars to Youngstown schools, and they have all brand new schools, and we have the old schools that we have still from the sixties, yeah. but they don't give us any money. We're on the tour yeah. like right now with um, junior high basketball, and, and and have been for a couple years where we go to we go to all these schools oh, in, yeah. in the area. I mean, we went out to Crestview the other day for for a uh, third grade basketball game, and they have a my kids walked in the gym. And they're like they got a jumbotron. They had a hanging scoreboard in yeah. in the main gym, yeah. and then across the hall, there's an auxiliary gym that's is nicer, better than my high school yeah. gym. I mean, look at South Range. South Range is right down the street we, from camp. We just played there in the junior high gym. Yeah, um, right. But I'll spare you the details about the bathroom. Um, <laughs> we got a we got a segment called Overrated, Properly Rated, Underrated to wrap up. The Do Your Life Marketing Show presented by Lyft Marketing live from Stone Fruit Coffee. All right, you ready? Try it. I don't know. I don't know what I'm about to get into, but let's go. Overrated, Co underrated. Coffee. Coffee. Underrated, overrated, properly rated. Properly rated. I'd say properly rated. Very good. I think it's properly rated. I think not Stone Fruit's coffee is just overrated, but coffee in general is, I think, completely overrated because <laughs> everybody's always like. Let's go get coffee, getting too much coffee, getting jittery, right? All the side effects that come along with anything. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a path toward human interaction. I think it's become a, it's, it's a gather. Coffee is a gathering opportunity. And honestly, when you order coffee, I don't think they ask me how I vote. <coughs> I think that's, right. a, I mean, they don't care if you're this side it's or that shop. side. It's, it's, it's a, it's a gathering vehicle. Do you right. think they're judging you though, based upon whether you were a light roast or dark roast guy? Do you think that that identifies with a mask wear or non-mask wear? That's a fun, that's a fun, I think quietly that they do. Yeah, it's a good scorekeeper. It's a stat. I think it depends on where you're getting your coffee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it depends on where you're getting your coffee. I think a place like this and a Starbucks is a little bit different. <coughs> Excuse yeah, it's, me. It's funny you ask that because, like, you know, when you get that, that question after at a cash register, do you want to give a dollar or something? Right. Or um, because of my charitable cho choices, I always say no, but I always have a fun time talking to folks, sure. asking them, how many people say no or yes a day? Right. And then once they once they start talking, I go, and the people who say no versus yes, what do you what do you think about that? What, what, what do you because I and, and I'd already said no. Sure. And, and it's funny to get that talk. So what you're saying is that you feel that there needs to be a reason as to why you're not giving. <laughs> you you acknowledge the reason why you don't give. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know. I want them to know that I'm not just. I'm not a complete jerk, only a partial jerk. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I got, I'm like, donate to the this or to that. I'm like, I have four kids at home. Unfortunately, right. I'm my own charity yeah. cause. Or Dick's Sporting Goods is a prime example. Like, would you like to give to the Dick's Sporting Goods uh, Athletic Club? Which I think is a great thing. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, I give 20 to 30 hours a week to coaching and involvement yeah. in youth sports. I think yeah. I've done my donating. Yeah. Right. You guys completely got us off task on overrated. Yeah, yeah, let's get back to that. NFL playoffs. Overrated, properly rated, underrated. Oh, man. Um, I, I think, <coughs> uh, partial. Um, properly rated. But that said, I do think we get a little too obsessed with it, overriding the football culture. But this is the time of year to really dial in. So I think uh, it is, it, it's a great stage they've built, and I love it, and it's properly rated. Uh, I have to agree. Same. It's properly rated. I mean, like it's football. I mean, how how much more exciting can you get? You know. I think it's overrated. 
Yeah. <laughs> I do. I just think it's overrated. I, I do a lot. So between that NFL and is overrated. Well, but even yeah. college, I mean, I, I do wonder why this sport, why do why does society gather right. like 18 weeks a year? Right. So I do have problems well, with on that. Saturdays? Well, both but around football, yes, and not Saturday and Sunday. I do pause because I'm I love you know green space, love figuring out how to make things work. I love you know grabbing a, a slow, deliberate thing like golf and making that. I do wonder why eighty thousand people in Buffalo stop what right. they're doing. They're gonna go sit in four degree temperature. Well, it's, fan- it's it's an amazing accomplishment that football's become this in their life. I don't agree with that. But I do marvel at how it's become what it has. Fan, fan is short, obviously, for fanatic. Yeah. And and if we don't acknowledge the fact that football has become America's pastime, we're, we're sadly mistaken by all of it. And oh, there's there, that that's a whole podcast in its yeah. own right, right? I mean, like you've got baseball Hall of Fame voting going on right now. The guys that are not getting in, and that that's that's a great debate. I say that the NFL playoffs are underrated for the for two main reasons. Number one, the NFL. NFC and AFC championship weekend is amazing, right? Like you got the final four of pro football that guys just, you're seeing max efforts like NBA finals. You're seeing max effort of the world's greatest athletes in their sport going at it and really competing really wanting to win. It's not like week 17 or 15 or 13. Like it's like life or death. The other reason why I think it's underrated is because when it ends in like two weeks after the Super Bowl. We have that winter lull, that hangover until March Madness that leads us into the spring eternal with the Masters. So when it ends, like I'm a little bit like, <laughs> wow, I come down. Like there's something, yeah. there's nothing to do. Right. There's nothing on TV. There's my wife and my kids. Right. Oh, hey, guys, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Well, that's when you call your brother-in-law where you catch up on Chores. Yeah. Well, Johnny, can you come on I over? need my brakes fixed. <laughs> or we go to the garage in the hall. Yeah. Right. Even though I think it's like the WWF and the NFL is like a range fix. Yeah, range fix. You, know, you still, it's like a train wreck. You still got to watch it. You know? Train wreck. Good again. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, Buffalo chicken wings. Underrated, overrated, properly rated? Um, properly rated. They are the king. Buffalo wings. I never had chicken wings in Buffalo. I'm sure. Well, in general, come on. Say, so wait, buffalo wings as a as a wings. as a dining item or buffalo itself wings? Let's just go wings. Because you're wings the only just, one. Just the wings. only one here that I think has ever. It's a, it's a. I mean, handy dip in onto the next immediate gratification. Simple <laughs> thing to eat. You're onto the next one pretty quickly. We're gonna and have it, to bring it is this the segment out. It, it is the <laughs> perfect. It is the perfect food, and it even. God gave you a place to hold it by. You could, whether it's the drumstick or the flats, you got a perfect spot to hold it. You mean it's only a little messy. Whereas if you go barbecue or pulled pork, it slops all over your food. So. so there's 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 a little side question there. So are you flats or are you? Uh, oh, I am drumstick. Drumstick. Because you get it in there, and there's, and there's a certain way to twist and pull. Yeah. And Drumstick's drum. the easiest to get. Yeah. Okay. What's the question again? Wait. <laughs> Wings. So much wings. <laughs> wings, as a, wings as a food staple, properly rated. A lot rated. going on here. Yeah, a lot going on. I, you know, like, wings are like coffee. You know, for me, anyways. You know, you're always searching for the best cup of coffee. So you're you go out when you go out to dine. Oh, this this place has wings. Let's try them. See how they are. You know, it, it, I think it's it's exciting to try. And having come off the Hooters tour, they have wings. <laughs> <laughs> 
on the Hooters tour? No, no, it wasn't like that. Hooters, Hooters, Hooters were a lot Hooters better. better. Yeah, they used to be bad. They used to be really bad. Wings, on your opinion? I love I love chicken wings. I think they're properly rated. I, I don't think they're underrated. I don't think they're overrated. I think they're, I think other... they're properly rated. I think they're they're perfect. Like you said, there's so many places that have them now. Right, right. Um, but there's not a lot of places that have really good ones. So right. like the ones that have really good ones, they stand out. Great four are... wings, the frog leg wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> underrated. Under <laughs> simply yeah, underrated. Yeah. Like they're they're just it's yeah. a great food. You got multiple combinations. Of sauces, yeah. uh, occasions, um, wings and the beer in the ball game, and I and I'm literally yeah. in, in a good in a very good place. There's sustainability with a wing too. Whether you're live at a party, all the other things on the table, you know, the dip tends to lose its punch a little bit. A wing over four hours, it's still even cold is good. Cold than that is gonna get that. But you know what? And that's but I think it's the perfect vessel for a high end or low end meal. So you can go with just wings and pizza, and you're like, yeah, it's a cool little Friday night, you know? Right. Or you can go with, like, you know, Thai wings and go an Asian flair and, like, go into a completely different, like, you know. It's like bla blazer chicken. Yeah, yeah. Like a jacket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so last, uh, last uh, question. Golf in the Valley. We'll, we'll consider it the five-region area because we can't just say Youngstown region. I won't get into the whole controversy behind it. Say Youngstown region, um, um, the Valley, golf in the Valley, overrated, properly rated, underrated. Underrated, underrated. They have some gems. They have some gems. I think with greatest, my hope five-year path forward is to bring more people here. I mean, there's some companies doing it now, bringing some outsiders here. They're going to come from Pittsburgh and Toronto and Michigan to play golf here. It's mm -hmm. becoming, it can be our destination economy. We don't even we get don't, into the Western. We don't have Niagara Falls. I agree. We don't have mountains. I agree. But we have a great selection. We don't even get into the course in Western PA. Stonewall. 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 Very, very underrated. Very underrated. Um, underrated with price also. Yeah. Mm. Price is, price, the price point for golf Price areas. spectrums. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's cheap to play compared to other Underrated, completely underrated. I think in the next ten to twenty years, golf in this area is going to take off. Well, you're going to need you're going to need to, yeah. as, as the mayor of Canfield and owner of Dragish Marketing, figure out visit Canfield. You got hotels, uh -huh. you got bars and restaurants, uh -huh. you got a casino right down the street, uh -huh. and you have some amazing tracks right there in Canfield to visit Canfield. And I I believe this for a very long time. So living elsewhere. Youngstown Golf is significantly underrated on price and value, of course, and quality. The Donald Ross course and, and legacy. That's what I'm glad you got. Yeah, so the thirty-six, yeah. the thirty-six hole course over at uh, Mill Creek, Donald Ross course. I think it's twenty-five dollars for a cart and eighteen holes on a weekend. When I lived in Columbus, Ohio, almost a decade <laughs> ago, that same course was seventy-five dollars. Yep. And then right now, it's probably more like a buck twenty-five. Yeah. Um. And and. You know, those designers, you mentioned Palmer came through and like those designers came through in, in the history of the design in, in Youngstown. They came through and they laid tracks here and there. And I'm not a big fan of Donald Ross horses, by the way, just because they sneak up on you. They sneak up on you. <laughs> that visual with the, the bunker sitting 30 yards ahead of the green, you think it's a green side bunker. Yep. Um, but needless to say, 
Um, I'm a firm believer that there is a, tour, a destination golf package in this town for somebody that wants to grab it is waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. Based upon what I just said about you've got restaurants, you've got bars. But what, what do people like to do? And mainly guys take golf trips. So there's bars and restaurants, good opportunities there. You've got a casino now. Table games would be great, but it's still a casino. And you've got great affordable golf. You've got Milk Creek that you could put together with Kensington, with Firestone Farms, with, you know, if, if the clubs even got involved to um, uh, Stonewall. I mean, you've got a lot of you've got a lot of courses. And what package do you want? Do you want the the, the two courses a day? Do you want the one course a day? And, and do you want the Milk Creek with the with the uh, Kensington, with the Firestone Farms, with, you know, some of our, our, our local tracks? It, it's I think it's an endless opportunity. I will tell you too, like, and I've talked to several different golfers. I'm sure you use the same way. Like, so when you travel, you, I, I, when I travel, I try to golf if I can. If I travel in certain spaces, like if I go down to South Carolina, like I'll take my clubs, go to Hilton Head. And I want to play at least one day, at least one day on a course down there just because it's fun, right? Um, yeah, price wise, not no comparison to here, um, but it's different golf. Florida is different golf. The grasses are different. The yeah. thing, I will say this I mean, I know I'm from here. But golfing on these kind of greens and these kind of grasses, like it's it's my preferred way to golf other than the other um, courses that I, I mean, obviously I haven't played like Pebble Beach or anything like that, but I'm just saying like, um, I mean, but I played, I played courses in the desert, you know, and they're just, they're not the same as playing here. And we have so many of them. Do you find it easier or other courses or harder? Because I haven't played out of the... The yeah, I, I find so other I find other courses are just different. different. They're like not, and it's and I think it's more different just because I don't play them often. So like because you don't play a course, you know, when you when you first play a course, it's gonna, it's a lot harder. Yeah. You, you know, it's a lot harder to play a course when you've never played it. But right. um, I mean, golf is hard in general. Whether you, if you're right. on a wide open prairie, just like <laughs> <Yeah>. really <laughs> strike the ball straight. But then here, I think when you add the maturity of the trees that's what it is yeah you don't get a lot of like that's that's a good way to put it like you don't get a maturity in some courses yeah. they're just very you know new right i think the opportunity um because we, we have some great companies here in town that are bringing in outside golfers i'd love to challenge them those owners it's the pine lakes group it's the avalon group and it's the it's the reserve and lynch i'd love to oh yeah reserve can be into that, that mm -hmm. right right Sorry. i'd love to find a way the the the, the human capacity comes in here through those excursion opportunities now and it's jb i think his name over pine lakes is a great gig done is grab that talent that's coming in to see us for the first time and tease them with materials or even a renaissance tour or, or arc but show off the valley mm. while they have it now granted there's four eight sixteen twelve you know guys coming here they want a certain thing but while they're here you can capture their attention mayor of canfield Sure. Um, you can capture their attention, even if it's just start with a brochure. They come back, but maybe they do take a visit to downtown and see some of the building opportunities. They see Canfield and Cohen neighborhood. Sure. And the school system. And maybe I think that's a great idea. To be a business expansion up some. Sure. You, you know the sixteen guys coming from Toronto spending a weekend over at Avalon. There's some business leadership in that group that they're looking for a place to expand a business. Sure. Contacts. I'd like, like to see that dot connect. I, I would, I mean, I, and I would even, you know, I'd, I'd take it a step further and, in, in, you know, with, with our hotel in the downtown, the Doubletree is a fantastic offering because of the, the central location, you're in our downtown, 
there's entertainment opportunities, there's bar opportunities, and then you can get carted around in like pretty much any golf course with no traffic, you know, at all. So whether you're, whether you're playing the, you know, the golf weekend, when you do the Avalon trip, you're pretty much regulated to their, their properties, which are amazing properties. And, and that's, you know, and an amazing experience. Um, and then you can kind of get independent of that as well and, and look at, at something like that, which then I think where you're going with that, it leads to opportunity for investment, obviously, into our community. They should see Lake Milton. They should see Mill Creek Park, not the golf course, but Mill yeah, Creek. Mill Creek is they should job. see White House Farms. They should see some of the rolling countryside. Well, you know what though, but I think that's I think that's I think that's more I think that's more part of 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 a um, a bigger conversation though. See, I think that's where I think, in my opinion, I think Youngstown as a city. I've always said this before, but I think there needs to be more communication between Youngstown City and all the suburbs because the suburbs kind of do their thing. You know, like we're over there in Canfield, and like we do our thing in Canfield, and Boardman kind of does their thing in Boardman, and. You know, Poland does their thing in Poland, and they have golf courses, and Boardman has golf courses, and Canfield has golf. But like, we never tie anything back into Youngstown. But everybody comes from Youngstown comes out. So, but but that's where I think Youngstown is. And like you were saying, Dennis, you know, you have the hotel and stuff down there. But I think the play for Youngstown is more the university, the downtown. The that's where the 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 base of the students and all that stuff's at. But if we can work with them from the outside sections, right, and say, hey, listen, look, this is where we're, we can have this transit back and forth or whatever we might want to do. Um, well, another another deep topic in you're getting into kind of the, the joint economic developments that, that frankly, just haven't ever gotten off the ground with the, with the, you know, the leadership in the area. But from an economic development perspective, you need a JED that's going to to bring the communities together and closer for the benefit of all. And, and but in the same note, we're in a, we're in a much better spot. Like a decade ago, when we were kind of spinning the globe of you know where do we want to go back to? And I grew up here for 20 years, and could frankly went anywhere that we wanted to. But we ended up back here. Family had a big portion of that, but you still have to put food on the table. And I'd say that the opportunities that whether you know, were presented to me and to us as a business, um, um, and, and whether we we helped to create those opportunities or recognize them, whatever it was, I don't think that those same opportunities existed in the New York cities or in the Columbuses of the world um, to do what we've done from a print publication, to do what we've done from an event perspective, to do what we've done, you know, kind of teaching part-time at, at the local university. It's a much bigger task in a bigger city um and having the opportunity of come coming from those environments and coming back here um you know it's 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 been very rewarding and it's also been opportunistic to be able to capitalize off of you know these opportunities that i think that are out there that aren't there in other cities right um and you just go look at like you know you go look at your traditional golf environments pinehurst myrtle beach like they're established like you're creating, you've got a blue ocean. You've got a blue ocean. So blue ocean, red ocean. Red ocean is you're competing in a industry and in a market and you're based on service and price and it's a race to the bottom. What differentiates you from anybody else? And the, in your, your competitive landscape, A1 concrete leveling, basically your competition is the old way. Right. Your sidewalk, well, they're, they're, your walkway is cracked. Right. We're, you're going to break it up. You're going to report. 
you're saying, look, you can go that route or you can you can use us and it's a cost savings and this is the new way. Right. Okay. You on golf, there's nothing new about golf, but there is something very blue ocean about the fact that you have a golf tournament. There's no other golf tournaments in 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 this area, right? You've taken golf turn on its side and said, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Marketing conferences is a blue ocean. Like there was there's chamber events, there's this one, but there's no there's no marketing conference. So we took an opportunity to take a very crowded industry like agency and then found a way to create an event that nobody, you know, that it's it's a blue ocean. Anyway, listen, everybody, thank you for dropping on by the Do Live Marketing Show today. We are out of time. Live from Stone Fruit Coffee, presented by Lift Marketing. Thank you for Crow's Cabinets for sponsoring Cooking with Crow's. Enjoy your playoff weekend, everyone. This is the start of the NFL playoff weekend. We will be back next Friday, 8.45 a.m. with Mike Mihos, also known as Mr. Jiu-Jitsu. Go to Facebook. Look him up. He has an amazing Facebook presence. Everybody have a great weekend. I would like to thank our guest, Todd Franco from the Valleys. I'm sorry, the greatest golfer. John Arjo, A1 Concrete Leveling. And Mr. Don Dragish of Dragish Marketing and the new mayor of Canfield, Ohio. I'm Dennis Charlie signing off for the D-Live Marketing Show. Take care, everybody.